goddamn right. You are listening to The Playlist Podcast, the official podcast of The Playlist on IndieWire's blog network. I'm your host, Eric McClanahan, and with me today via Skype is Rodrigo Perez, Kevin Yegerneth, and Ollie Littleton. Later on in the show, we'll be joined by Corey Everett. We're here today to talk about Breaking Bad. The show has come to an end, and with that conclusion to the beloved AMC series, there's been a lot of opinions thrown around online, most of them positive. It's pretty much impossible to have a consensus these days regarding any piece of media, but Breaking Bad did become a pop cultural touchstone in this highly divided time of niche programming. Since Kevin's C-plus review has already been read and commented on the site, I'll hand this off to Ollie to get us going. Can you share your thoughts on the finale to get us started? Uh, I think I was a little more positive on it than Kevin was. Um, I I think I was mostly, you know, I, I think it was mostly satisfying, and I think that's what Vince Gilligan and, and, and the rest of the sort of writers set out to do, was to create something that was you know, almost the anti-Sopranos finale, uh, you know, tie up almost every loose end. All it needed was, was a shot of fuel finally getting out of that hotel room and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it would have tied up almost everything. Um, including stuff that that had been going since the pilot, really the, um, the stuff with, uh, the stuff with, um, Gretchen, uh, and uh, uh, what's he called? Um, I can't remember the guy's name. The guy with the big ears. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Godley is the actor. But, mm. um, uh, you know, they'd barely been seen since the first season and, and suddenly they come in and are, are kind of a crucial part of it again. Um, do I think it was too neat? Not, not necessarily. Um, it felt almost low stakes to me um the only moment where you really thought that it was it wasn't sort of there was a spanner in the works is when his car keys got taken away and it didn't have the tension that the show at its very best did you know better than almost anything that's on tv um so you know it it felt like a plan coming together um uh so yeah i, I would have liked the road to be a little tougher even in the last last episode um and uh yeah i have some other some other issues but they're more connected to the show in general which we might i guess we might talk about in a bit well yeah maybe we should go right to that at least because i you you mentioned something as we were prepping for this episode that the breaking bad does exist in a sort of comic book universe as opposed yeah. to a, a direct real world. And that's something I've actually always really liked is that balance between the real world and the sort of genre elements that, that Vince Gilligan and crew have always embraced. But um, is that maybe some of what you're getting at? Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it, it is very much a genre show. And, and uh, you know, I've seen a few pieces floating around today talking about the show as a Western and talking about the show as, as noir. And, and, and the last in particular, you know, inevitability is kind of a part of noir and 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 so i think that's why maybe people who wanted more surprises in there came away disappointed but for me and and you know i'm i'm a big i am kind of a genre guy but for me that that the that the show has always had such heavy and it's not even that it is that it's 
genre it's that it exists in this slightly heightened universe where you know you can the first season can can have him walking into a into a drug dealer's hideout and sort of blowing it up with a crystal of of whatever it was mm-hmm. like a kind of superhero and ends up uh you know with with a with an anti-aircraft gun in the back of a you know in the back of a in in the trunk of a car mm-hmm. um for me I know, for me, the bigger issue is that Breaking Bad has always been a show driven by plot first and foremost, and anything else has come second to that. And to me, that's always stopped it from from being in the really top tier of this sort of quote unquote golden age of 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 sort of TV and TV drama. Um, it's you know, it's 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 ultimately escapist which I think is weird to say for a show that is um, that is about a guy who gets cancer and decides to become a meth dealer. But, <laughs> but it, it, you know, it, it, I think it's very escapist uh, in a way that say, and, you know, this is, it's, it's the slightly cliche one to compare TV to, but The Wire or even Sopranos or Deadwood, um, you know, I feel had more to say about the world and about America um, than Breaking Bad does. And Rod, I, I know you have sort of you, some of your issues that come down with the the show as a whole have to do with the fact that it's so plot driven. But yet there would be episodes that uh, you refer to as like chess piece episodes. They sort of delay the thing that you know is inevitably going to happen. Is that uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, that's one of my problems but i don't know if it's necessarily my problem with this show specifically although chess piece writing which i always just refer to as like things in service of things down the road rather than in the moment um and i I don't know if the the show is as um dependent or um on it as say something like uh boardwalk and maybe just because i review boardwalk and it's just really obvious to me in boardwalk yeah um game of thrones as well i always slightly feel that almost two out of every three episodes are kind of moving the chess pieces around and then and then you'll get a big event but but um, i don't i don't really see that as much maybe just because i i don't know just in boardwalk it just feels like a lot of nothing happening but you know it's just setting up events it's just really really obvious to me whereas Mm -hmm. game of thrones i feel like things are still active and going on and um you know uh, but but back to back to your point about Breaking Bad and plot. I mean, like the the film or the the the, the filmmakers, the the TV makers, um, pretty much you know are state this. And in many other podcasts, they're very much like, well, we planted our flag for this moment, and then we wrote towards that moment. And it and and it, they've said that quite a few times, and it, and it feels like um, they've sort of reverse engineered their writing rather than being character based. Um, and so I guess I, I, I agree with Ollie in doing that somewhat. It's uh, it it's it's a weird because it's a show about like you know morality and consequences and and things like that. And um, but it's just also very genre-y, and those two things are don't the negotiation of them is not always seamless. Um, so I don't know. It, it just gets tricky. Um, I, I guess my I'm you know my my one point. It, not so much a point, I, I guess. Like I was, you know, I was talking to Kevin offline, and 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 I was saying, you know, I I 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm like, uh, I think it's, it's pretty obvious where this is going. There's going to be a showdown between um, uh, Walt and the neo-Nazis. And, and then in, in that, in there somewhere, there's going to be a showdown with Jesse. And Kevin was like, no, that's too obvious. That's not what this shows, that shows more uh, complex and, and sophisticated. And, and there's going to, it's got to be more to it than that. And the show kind of went in that way that I kind of felt like it would. And I, I think, I, I mean, I'm paraphrasing Kevin, so I don't want to take him out of context, but I think he can kind of agree that that's sort of how the conversation went. So I was a little bit, in a way, disappointed, but at the same time, I expected that because I, I feel like this show hasn't really ever surprised me oh, that wow. much. Really? See, I with the plot and, and character things, like this show constantly kept me on edge with the fact that it always felt like it was three steps ahead of me. Whatever I thought would happen in a season, it would completely alter that and do something else. And um, the I, if I have any qualms with this finale, the episode specifically, it's that it did all kind of fall into the place the way I thought it was going to. There really was no surprising element except with the uh, the gray matter stuff. Like I didn't, I got to admit, I, I thought he was going to go to take those guys out and instead he used them pretty cleverly as a way to get what money he has left to his family. I thought that was, that was the one surprising element of this finale. The rest of it did all kind of happen kind of the only way I thought it really could. Again, is, is, is surprise that necessary for something like this? Like Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, I think it's one of, I could be wrong. I think it's one of Billy Wilder's rules of writing is that, um, you know, the, the most satisfying ending is sort of the one that you feel like should have been coming all along right um you know i think that a degree of inevitability is is sort of important i mean i'm not trying to say that i've known that i'm like you know some sort of Sengali and known the whole arc (laughs) of the show the entire time um i i just i and 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 lack of surprises is not what um ultimately disappointed me in in the finale um which I guess I can get into, but I, that's not not necessarily the biggest um, problem with it. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's necessarily a lack of surprise. I think from like I'm a fan of the show, and I was kind of let down by the finale. And I think it's because it just didn't feel as smart as the show has been at its best. I I think Breaking Bad is often subverted. I think, as you were saying, Eric, has, has subverted like expectations of where the plot is going to go. And for me, Breaking Bad is most fascinating when it's mostly when it's more complex. And I, for me, I just felt the finale was just really on the nose, and and really kind of threw out a lot of the interesting textures that Walter White had, and just sort of gave him this nice little neatly wrapped finale where I, you know I don't want to go drawing comparisons to other shows but I there is something to be said that you don't have to submit to to fan service and and give everyone a nice little present at the end I think it's okay to leave things a bit more ambiguous and I kind of wish they had done that and just been a bit braver overall yeah, but I mean, who did they submit to? The writers, you know, Vince Gilligan and his crew. I mean, did they? Do you think this episode was all fan service, Kevin? Or kind of, yeah. Really, even like, 
Even, even like having Badger and What's yeah. His Face kind of pop up, like, oh, hey, remember these guys? They're still here, so let's have a little comic moment with them. <laughs> and even like, as Rod was saying, like, we had this discussion where I was like, no, they're going to do something totally different than like have a big rock star kind of shootout finale, and then they go and have the sort of boring shootout finale. I'm just like, eh, it's just really, it seemed kind of. It seemed like the kind of thing everyone was expecting, and maybe they knew they were expecting that, so they just kind of went with that choice. You know what's interesting is that the show, like, quote-unquote, really, really broke bad on in Ozymandias. Yeah. That's when the, the, the show finally broke bad in, in, in its, at its most core, and things really went to hell. And, I mean, to me, that was like, and, and God, I'm obviously not the first person who said this, but it's like, it's such an incredibly – and it was one of the very first episodes that really engaged me emotionally on a visceral gut level. Like I was like, wow. And so everything afterwards was a bit of a like post-climactic. I wouldn't say anticlimactic. Maybe but like an epilogue. Sort of, yeah. I mean it was just kind of having to uh, you know, tie up the various threads but – um, the shit hit the proverbial fan in that episode, and um, it never really, um, uh, you know, rose back up to that crest again. It sort of was um, a slow, you know, it peaked there, and then it, and then slowly, um, uh, I guess, you know, dipped from there. Yeah, it stru- structurally, that's that's how the show has kind of always worked. In that, you tend to get the it's like the penultimate episode or the anti-penultimate episode tends to have the big event of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, Jane dying in season two. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's actually true of most of these big cable dramas. Is that you Oh, definitely. Have, you know, Game of Thrones had the Red Wedding yep. and, then, yeah. and then an episode beyond that to sort of deal with the aftermath. And yeah. in a way, in a way, that's sort of what, you know, I think, I think this season has followed the exact same, vibe i think it's it had yeah. that sort of early it's peak a, and it's, it's sort of an extended coda to tie everything up in a way yeah it's a it's a kind of a formula that every show follows i mean boardwalk definitely has that yeah, yeah. like the shit always hits the fan in the in the penultimate or anti-penultimate episode is that getting tired for um you know let's let's keep with you rod i mean i know that's an issue you're having with with the writing you're doing on boardwalk empire is is that becoming just an overused cliche. At this yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for that show, I I don't because I don't write about boardwalk. I, I can't articulate it quite as well as probably as Kevin and or maybe all of you guys. But um, just television in general, some of the, some of the writing. Just um, one of my problems with with um, television writing is like you know, for a lot of filmmakers, you know, you get someone like a Soderbergh or a Gilroy or someone. They see it as an opportunity to get you know deep and long and and do some real in-depth character work that you can't do in two hours but what ends up happening is that they go for like four five six however many seasons and then you you're really doing a long long stretch of a narrative that doesn't necessarily need to be that long like i kind of feel like boardwalk could have been told in like three seasons i don't think it needed to be like i mean essentially it was six right like because they had the gap so um, you're, I, you're I, talking about Breaking Bad. Sorry, you said. Bro- sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. Bro- Breaking Bad. Well, uh, I, I just to cut in, I think Vince Gilligan originally thought it would only go about three seasons, and, right. he, ne- and he never knew how he was going to get to that ending. And maybe the right. seams showed in the fact that, for one, it's still kind of mind blowing to me that the show really only took place over a year. You know, two general. years. Two yeah, years. I mean, you got that sort of 
the penultimate episode, you know, skipped through a year pretty quickly, but most of the action that we watched for five and a half seasons was one year. And it's, it's kind of mind blowing that that's what they did. Like I I was surprised to be reminded of that at the end of the sort of (laughs) half point last year. So I wonder if that was an issue with breaking bad. Maybe it is well just, yeah, maybe it did need to, to be shortened up. I don't know. I just like for me, like I really respect uh, the European and, and British TV shows that mm-hmm. you know get to the party late and, and get out early. And you know, like you saw that in Top of the Lake, you know, this year Jane Campion's thing, which I think was only like eight episodes. And mm-hmm. man, that thing is like awesome. But it didn't need to extend its stay. And then you see something like The Killing, which is you know in some ways similar to um, Top of the Lake. It's a murder mystery procedural, and they stretched out one murder over the course of two seasons and uh they paid for it their audiences like you know gave up on them yes they did they did the full-on like stretch and they abused they abused their audience's trust and their audience you know i mean they came back for the third season but it was a little too late just to follow on uh what rodrigo is saying especially about the killing and how it stretched one murder over two seasons i think we're in kind of a middle we're in an interesting transition period for television um because people i mean the whole idea of watching something week to week is quickly getting outmoded mm. um and i think when people sit down to watch like a whole season of whatever you know on netflix i think we do start seeing those seams a lot more apparently because we're seeing it all in one go rather than being stretched out over a bunch of time um and for me, the most exciting thing that's coming with with TV are like the so-called like limited or event series. Like, and those are the things that I'm kind of really curious about. Like, I'm like the Todd Haynes Mildred Pierce was like a very limited, you know, f- five, four or five part thing, but it was amazing because it was just a very yeah. He had the time to tell his story, but it was in a condensed, <coughs> predetermined amount of time, so he knew what he had to work with. And, you know, next year, uh, Robert De Niro is doing that, uh, uh, I forget what it's called now, Criminal Justice or something on HBO, and that's going to be seven parts, and then that's it. And that was something that was originally conceived as, like, a series, canceled, and then redeveloped, you know, for something shorter. And I think and I think that's the way I want to see dramas going forward. I, like, I love the idea of seeing a long-form story. I don't know if I need to spend six years with it, though. You know, Boardwalk, for example, like they're on their fourth season, and every season is someone coming to get the th- Nucky off his throne, and that's mm-hmm. what it is. And then, then by the end of the season, that person's vanquished, and um, and then at the beginning of the new season, a new contender's there, and that's the formula over and over and over again. And I and I like that show, but it's like, how long can you keep doing that? You know what I mean? Like, like how long can can audiences sit with that? So. That's my problem with, uh, you know, uh, Breaking Bad, I think, was a little bit more complex. It didn't have that exact uh, structure, but a lot of shows do. And um, I, I think with Boardwalk in particular, it is, it's, it's so linear and so straightforward. Um, that, but I don't know. That's just my, my problem in general. I see that, and it's like it's, it's got to go. It's got to be more complex than that, you know, to justify that. I mean, maybe the the most exciting thing is what Kevin's talking about, the miniseries, like Top of the Lake, and which I'm halfway through right now, and I really, really am liking that as well. But Mildred Pierce is a great example, Kevin. And 
The only the only show that really comes to mind, and it's not at all like the sort of dramas, the heavy dramas we're talking about. But uh, if any of you guys watch Louie, that's the one TV show I'm watching right now that completely forgoes any sort of formula. He might have an episode that's divided in half with a five minute short and then like uh, a 15 minute short, you know, like addition to that episode. And it's so all over the place in a way that's really exciting. I think um, I think Girls is, is sort of getting close to that. Like the last season, you had the sort of you know the episode with with the Patrick Wilson you know the uh, where she it's all just Hannah and Patrick Wilson in the house together. Mm-hmm. You had the episode where they go and see Ben Mendelsohn, Jess's father, and you can almost feel like she's starting to con- to to kick against that kind of sitcom setup. Um, and I think the 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 fourth season of Arrested Development was started to do it as well. Even just the fact that the episodes were of different lengths, but like. I don't know. I think we're at an interesting point where the way that people are, t- are telling stories on TV is changing because they are starting to build towards this sort of binge watch culture. Um, you know, they're they're aware that it's not just something that's happening every week. That something like Orange Is the New Black, for me, seems to have been written less and less on an episodic basis and more of we know that people are going to be doing this in, in two, three-hour chunks um, at a time. Mm. And then, but, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting that, that you guys are sort of talking about the miniseries as as this exciting new thing, whereas, you know, Roots and, and all of this stuff, it's actually a form that was popular and almost more popular in the 70s and 80s and it's kind of coming back around now. Right. Um, again, but I think I, I guess because of the Netflix thing, and but I don't know. I feel like in the next five years, the way that TV series are told is going to change quite a lot, and you know it's changing already. But um, I, I think I just think structurally, there's there's it's it's sort of shifting a bit. There's just a, so many formulas in television, especially because of like the act break and things like that although you know hbo doesn't have that but amc does you know that's another thing like the act break of, of, of television structure is like that can be so formulaic too in a way that that's um can be sometimes frustrating or difficult to watch yeah i much prefer the thing that feels like it's all of a piece and it's just divided up in chapters that's where top of the lake is top of the lake almost ends every episode on such a non-typical tv show ending you know mm-hmm mm-hmm and that, it's that's, not even very much a TV. It's like an extended yeah, movie. It's, it's exactly. This structure is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that's where the canvas on TV, the size of it, that it can be drawn out to a degree that's really, really exciting. Just give us a really long movie, essentially, but break it up as in these moments where you can, you know, you can at least take a pause and then come back. Is mm-hmm. really is really great. But I, yeah, maybe maybe a big issue with Breaking Bad is that it went longer than it should have, and we have six seasons now to tell a story that maybe like you said, maybe should have taken half that time. It would have been more interesting, maybe. I don't think Breaking Bad was too long. You don't think so? No. <clears throat> I just, like, for me, like, I was, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of the show overall, but for me, it just screwed the landing. But I, I don't think that diminished is from the fact that it, compared to a lot of other shows on television over the past few years, for me, it was one of the, the most satisfying in many different ways. Um... Uh, you know, I I don't want people to get the impression that we're sitting here being Breaking Bad haters. I think all of us, yeah. to a varying degree, appreciate the show, maybe some more than others. But, you know, I don't think anyone here is saying it's a terrible show and it didn't do anything right. I think it did a lot right. But, mm. 
I think it. I think as as we're talking, we're all, we're also seeing it opens up a bigger discussion about what we expect from television and and what we would like to see moving forward. Having come to the conclusion of a, a pretty, I'd say a pretty overall pretty satisfying piece of entertainment. Is the way it can be improved or that it can be better? Is I mean, I feel like we've already said that with the, the yeah with the, thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I would, I think we all just want to see everything get sharper and more interesting. What do you guys think of the whole, like, you know, the Walter White, the Tony Soprano, this now this new AMC show, the the low whatever sun? It's like the anti-hero is just dominating television. And, and what do you guys think of that trope? I mean, that might also be in danger of becoming pretty tired. Mm-hmm. Um, Breaking Bad, I thought, did it for the most part in a really interesting way and in an exciting, entertaining way. That was different than something like The Sopranos. The Sopranos really did condemn its... Maybe not condemn the audience after a while, but they wanted you to know that if you were rooting for Tony by the end of that show, that you were kind of in the wrong. You know, like they had very deliberate points they were making about that. Whereas the thing with this Breaking Bad finale is that it it almost is. That's the problem. The moral through right? line there is, yeah. is, is confused. Whereas in in um, Sopranos, it wasn't. And like you said, like, you know, it, it was that sort of dark thing. It's like if you're rooting for Tony, you're rooting for the wrong guy. And they never wavered from that. And. Breaking Bad sort of set up this idea of this, you know, um, this guy who who chose to do amoral things, maybe for his family, maybe for himself, or you know, whatever. And then, I don't know, the 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 crimes and misdemeanors ending sort of, uh, yeah, I don't know, just like it, it sort of kind of betrayed some sort of its moral ideas. I think, yeah. and I think I that's where it, it disappointed. And then I put a bad finger song on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I agree that that it. I I still think you weren't really meant to be rooting for him by the end. I I think to the extent of like, he might be getting Jesse out, but the way it leaves him alone, and you and you see that the thing that he loves most in the world is cooking meth, and and the way he sort of cradles the 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 equipment at the end. You know what? Like like I don't I don't see that that's in any way. A heroic act or a redemptive act, you know. Like, you know, you're left with this empty shell of a person who's left, you know, who's lost everything. He's he's achieved some victories in the last episodes, but he does achieve one pretty big victory in the whole thing, which is doing, uh, you know, what he set out to do in the beginning, which is get his money for his family. You know, but at the cost of, the, of his relationship with his family. Yeah, yeah, but, but he was always going to die to begin with. He knew that he was going out, right? Yeah, and, he, but, and he also gets like a little mat, a little scene with Skyler to sort of like close that chapter of his life before he dies, which I thought, like, it was a lovely scene. And his like his confession is great, but I think overall it it didn't feel authentic. I would kind of wish to see that he didn't get to talk to her for a last time. I'd, I would love to see that version. Yeah, of the, the, the episode is just so clean in that there's a resolution to everything. And he you know, manages, and he sees his Holly last time, and he watches Walt Jr. go into the house, and it's just like, and Jesse like, gets to, to kill Todd, who screwed him over, and and Walt gets to kill Lydia, and then kill the neo-Nazis. It's just like there's so much clean, neat resolution to everything. I just felt like I could have I guess used. I could have seen him suffer more. Like if yeah. they really want to take that route of him being, you know, this monster, which is what he's he he's been set up to be for much of the season. 
then let's play that out. Let's not go the other direction and kind of, yeah, he, he does lose a lot, but he also redeems a lot too. Yeah, I think there's total redemption there. And also, let's not forget that, like, I know, Ollie, what you're saying, and I totally agree with, like, you know, he loses everything. But they also sentimentalize that ending and, like, you know, play him out his little song. It's very nostalgic and very, like, like bye to Walter White, you know? But I thought, but I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, I I'm, feel like I'm with Ollie on that one. It's I think there, there's an I, irony I, there. I, th- I think the tongue is very much in the cheek there. Mm-hmm. Because it is, you know, because it's it's an empty meth lab, and he's, you know, and he's bleeding to death, like, hmm. and and ultimately, it's he's being nostalgic for cooking meth, and that's quite right. a weird thing to be nostalgic about. It's sort of, yeah. um, I feel like it's it's showing that it's his, you know, it's it's his great love in life. Ultimately, was doing this thing that he could do better than anyone, but I don't think it's saying that's a good thing, like. And the, and the, this this was worth the cost. That I think ultimately, if the show is taking a moral stance, there it's going. He wasted, you know, he wasted his life or, or the last part of his life uh, on this, you know, on this sort of obsession. Well, and perhaps mm-hmm. there's more there's more ambiguity there than we're giving it credit for. I mean, there are people that are fans of Walter White and wanted to see him win. You know, just they, they those are the people that probably hated Skyler as a character and always thought she was getting in the way of Walter doing what he was doing and they wanted to cheer and see him win out in the end. So the, the ending, the finale gives that to you, but yet it's like, if you're looking at it the way Ollie is looking at it, and that's kind of the way I see it is that he's, he's a nothing. There's nothing left. He, the only thing he cares about is this thing that he was really good at and mm-hmm. he kind of ruined everything else as a part of that. Right. I mean, look at even Jesse escaping is he? I mean, I'm glad he got away because I thought he was the heart of the show. That that character, but there's no guarantee that he's uh, in the clear. Basically, well, I'll tell you this: if you want ambiguity, do not read one Vince Gilligan interview yeah, or he... anything, because that guy, <laughs> like, there is absolute. If you just even do a cursory look online, there is absolutely no ambiguity to anything. That happened in that end of that episode. If you have one question about anything of what happened or the fate of anyone, all you need to do is like do a little Google, and, and Vince Gilligan will tell you exactly what happened. He also, if you read some of these interviews, kind of—I mean, I don't know—I wouldn't say he's disagreeing with you guys, but he, you know, there's things that he said where, you know, obviously Walter White cannot redeem himself fully. There's a lot of been damage has been done, but. From what I've gleaned and what I've seen, there's a lot of like, well, we tried to give him a little bit of redemption. Um, and there's also just, you know, maybe just the way I'm reading it, but there's a lot of the intimation of uh, of we love these characters and we kind of wanted them to get their proper due in a way that doesn't necessarily feel like what should have happened morally. Maybe That's- this, is this a problem with, the fact that guys like Vince Gilligan and all these other showrunners for popular shows are interviewed at ad nauseum online. I mean, there's so many videos you could watch right now or just any. Yeah, interview. but it's yeah. also just different showrunners. You can have a million interviews with David Chase and he told you at the end, fuck you, figure it out yourself. <laughs> you know, but, also, but it is that damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. I mean, we're, sure. you know, we've been taking it to task for, for, for its lack of ambiguity, but you can only imagine the shitstorm if it had ended like... <laughs> Sopranos or Lost or Battlestar Galactica, one of these shows where they did, you know, leave 
unanswered questions or you know faded to black or whatever and but people, i think people couldn't deal with it like um you know ultimately whichever way they go they're gonna get shit from somebody sure but i think there's a middle ground i mean it's a totally different show but freaks and geeks sort of has it both ways i mean she gets on the bus and she takes off to you know spend the summer doing whatever rather than doing what she what her what her what she's supposed to do which is to go to school and whatever i think there is a middle ground i don't think it's an all or nothing game uh but then again freaks and geeks that was the result of the show being canceled right? i mean that well they knew they kind of knew it was coming so that's yeah true. but they knew it was coming and they wrote for it too that's true so, so maybe having they wrote limit- that finale yeah but also- maybe yeah go ahead ollie Sorry, also I think Freaks and Geeks, and to a certain extent The Shield, which I think is is probably the 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 sort of show of this era that stuck the landing best and mm-hmm. had had that right mix of stuff. But I think they were in a way both shows that didn't exist in this world of like EW live tweeting the whole series for Nike. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Vulture having fourteen posts breaking bad in the same day. And right. like you say, showrunners being interviewed on every site and recaps on every site, like they well, maybe... kind of were in more of a bubble. And I mm-hmm. think that you know, and you, you you only have to look at someone like Damon Lindelof, who spent all day yeah. tweeting people giving him shit about Lost, just because another TV show had ended, and people <laughs> tweeting at him, going to the extent that like Brad Bird tweeted tweeted at him, going, dude calm down like <laughs> like y- y- you know we get it now um when he was tweeting people that were like giving him shit during he, the ending of breaking bad basically after after breaking bad ended a load of people tweeted lindelof going that's how you end a fucking show oh lindelof has this like self-flagellating thing where he 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 kind of you know and, and normally in, like a self-deprecating way he's like oh i messed up another you know um, but you know, this is however many years after that finished, um, mm. and he still gets that. And you know, well, I, it, it and is, people it is, people were saying the same thing about the Sopranos, or you know, and they were like, "Thank God, you know, um, you know, thank God we got some resolution. You know, thank God we didn't get a Sopranos ending." I saw a lot of that, and I, yeah. as being someone who didn't necessarily love the Sopranos ending at the time, although looking back on it, I, I think it's one for the ages. Um, but uh, um, I don't know. I really resented that because they're just seeming like, you know, just the way in the way that audiences crave consensus. I think they can crave sort of warm, safe resolution, which I feel like the Breaking Bad, in my opinion, was what it gave. Um, so I... I just sort of sort of you Philistines. Like I, I don't know. I was just sort of like the 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 um the animosity towards ambiguity last night was sort of um was sort of uh, on my getting on my nerves. <laughs> but it kind of brings up an interesting question. And you and I talked about this offline a bit, which is, do you think audiences now sort of demand to know? everything that happens more so than in the past because i think you and i rod were talking about how people were i think even vince gilligan was asked this about like what happens to jesse after he like drives away right like but why do we need to know Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like is that i don't know do you guys think that's something that's that's part of the culture now 
I, I think you're right. And I think it's, you know, and I think almost the biggest symptom of that is, is prequels where yeah. suddenly mm-hmm. we're in this world where it's, it's not, we can't just have a Robin Hood movie. We have to have a movie about how Robin Hood became Robin Hood. Right. And, you know, or whatever, like, um, and, but I don't, I don't know if it's something that, whether it's, that's something that people want or if that's what commissioning editors and studio executives think that people want. And I think it's say, a bit of both, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you think about it like this. Think about it as simple as this. Do people want sequels? Well, the the the, the numbers sure show they do, and so the studios do. Like, you know, we can't blame those things. One of my least favorite things is blaming things on studios when, when the numbers, i.e. the audience, shows that they're fully willing to embrace these things. You know what I mean? Mm. And particularly with, with TV, you know, where we, we suddenly are getting these spinoffs. We're getting uh, Better Call Saul. We're getting a Walking Dead spinoff. And it sort of becomes, it doesn't, it seems like with those it, historical. It's symbiotic, you know? Yeah, but it, but it, it seems like there's no, you know, what's the difference between Joey and Frasier? Like what made people want, want to watch the show about the guy in this sort of snobby guy in Seattle and mm. not watch the one about the lovable, you know, doofus in, in LA. Well, one like, was good and the other was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, but like, but but I I don't think Joey kind of was a blockbuster out of the you know out of the blocks and then and then you know I I think it was always pretty had had fairly low ratings right um you know and and it's the question you know would a bet, would better call Saul work better than like Breaking Badger or like you know whatever <laughs> like does that um you know I um yeah. I don't really have a ending to this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think your ending is what maybe what you're trying to say is I how I interpret it is audiences do crave these things and they do want yeah. and studios and and TV execs are more than happy to give it to them. But what do you guys think the effect that's having on the culture? To me, I think it's kind of harmful because if if people initially reject something like The Sopranos that's so ballsy without even thinking about why he would decide to end it like that, you know, it's sort of a visceral reaction like that's that's not right. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of harming people's critical thinking or the, the well, ability more importantly, to take... I think it's, it's hurting storytelling, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. Just, we have another, but I mean, this is not anything new. We've discussed this in prequels and sequels and spinoffs and whatever. It's like, but people crave the familiar people like it. And, 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 and studios and, and, uh, execs are, are, are happy to give it to them. So, you know, I, you know, I am not like, I'm intrigued by the idea of like a Saul Goodman show. I think it's actually a, a pretty clever idea, and if it's done well, why not? I, I think I think we have to remember we really if these things are done well, they could be very interesting. Sure, I mean, but, I think it's, all... but it's but it's really up to the people behind it to not play it as like a crass sort of fan servicey extension of the brand and really embrace it for the opportunity that it presents. Sure, I think I think we can probably all agree that. Um, Star Wars, and 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 if you really try and take it in that universe and all those possibilities, man, that's super exciting to me. But then you hear of all the ideas they're doing, and you know we're all fairly less excited. I think we're not going to need pseudoephedrine. We're going to make phenylacetone in a tube furnace, and we're going to use reductive amination to yield methamphetamine, four pounds. So no pseudo. No pseudo. So you do have a plan. 
Yeah, Mr. White. Yes, science. Jesse, listen to me. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. What are you doing? This is the first day of the rest of your life, but what kind of life will it be, huh? Will it be a life of, of fear, of, oh, no, 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 I can't do this, of never once believing in yourself? Hmm? I don't know. Listen, these things, we need them, hmm? and only you can get them for us. So uh, we are now joined by Corey Everett, a contributor for the site as well. And it's good to have you here, Corey, because we know we do know you're a fan of Breaking Bad. And um, why don't you just kind of give us your thoughts on the finale and what you think it all means? You know, just how you feel about the show in general. Yeah, sure. Um, I would say next to Mad Men, it's uh, my favorite show on TV. It has been for the last couple of years. I would easily put it among my favorite shows, you know, ever. So I'm I'm. Definitely did not go into the finale last night looking at it with any kind of critical eye or trying to walk away unhappy. I went into it as a huge fan of the show, looking only to, you know, see what the conclusion of the series was. Uh, and I definitely, it sounds like you guys did too, but I definitely had some um, issues with it. And some of those issues were uh, based on maybe expectations of kind of how I thought uh, things might go down versus how they did go down. And, and I actually watched it a second time last night and it, and it did play a little better for me on second viewing um, uh, with some of those things. But then there was a larger issue, uh, which was basically that uh, thematically I had thought up until the final episode that I was watching one type of show. And then it almost seemed to do uh, an about face and, 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 and seemed to be a, different sort of show and and i guess let me elaborate on on what i mean by that after rewatching the show uh it, it cleared up a few of the minor issues with maybe i expected kind of a a bigger climax and it ended up being more of a resolution and tidying up of events uh whereas the episode you know ozymandias two episodes ago was was the true climax of the show so things like that were helped you know, cosmetically from a second viewing where I could appreciate, okay, this is the story they decided to tell. And I'm okay with that. The thing that I still ended up having a problem with, which is a much larger issue for me as a fan of the show is one that fundamentally changes what the show was saying to me. Um, after five seasons, well, I thought I was watching a show about a, a man who, who started to break bad and then his decisions were wreaking havoc on the lives of all those around him. And eventually um, those actions would be revisited back onto him, not in real life, but in the world of Breaking Bad and the moral universe that Vince Gilligan set up. Actions have consequences and the entire series has been pointing towards everything that Walt is doing has a consequence. And, and for five seasons, he was able to skate by while those around him suffered, but it was sort of implied by the, by the way the show was going that eventually it was going to catch up to Walt and he was going to have to face the things that he had done. Okay. And then basically what I found from the final episode in the way that it seemed to provide him with, I would say um, the ha basically the best possible outcome for his character. Uh, That's kind of true. 
and basically he got to keep the $8 million and give it to his son who did not want it. He got to say goodbye to his wife and daughter. He got to save Jesse. He got to get revenge on the Nazis. He got to go out the way he wanted to go out. I mean, it was really across the board. If you look at the things that he could have lost, um, he he didn't really lose any of them in that final episode. Um, and, you know, just simply the act of him dying um, wasn't really enough because, A, he was going to die anyway, and B, that was kind of the easy way out. And, and, and left in his wake is his, you know, still suffering family and Jesse who are going to be dealing with the reverberations of his actions for the rest of their lives. But the show wasn't painting the ending as a tragedy. It instead seemed to paint it as a kind of a happy ending where, where Walt is at peace in the lab and, and Jesse gets away and the family gets the money. And I felt that was very confused with, with what I had thought the show was about. I, I find it interesting that that we didn't get this kind of baying for blood uh, with Tony Soprano or with Vic Mackey or with Alex Swearingen. There wasn't this sense of, like, he must be judged. Like, you know, Tony Soprano did some horrible shit. Mm-hmm. And yet the, there wasn't... And I just wonder if that's a question of, is the show more moralistic are the audiences more moralistic? Is it just that Walter White was a worse anti-hero than these other guys? Or no, no, I think in fact I think Tony Soprano was way worse. But I think I'm with Corey a little bit that the show was always about consequences of actions and, and pointing to it a little bit. And, and, and in that way, it, I don't know if it quite, quite completely satisfies. Yeah, I mean that's really. It's, it's not anything to do with me personally wanting some kind of moral justice for bad people. It's that the, sh- the show was, was, was teaching me that for five seasons. And every interview you read with Vince Gilligan seemed to back that up where he'd basically say, you know, the, the real world is, uh, can be a cruel and, and random and chaotic. And that's why in my series, the one place I have control, I'd like to impose this kind of moral universe where actions has, have consequences. And for five seasons, that seemed to be the main drive of what he was exploring through the transformation of this guy. And, and so instead of really bringing him to his knees in that final uh, episodes, I feel like they they second guessed themselves and they got a little sentimental and they realized they didn't want to do that to this character who they still still saw a little bit of humanity in. and and just for me personally I I did too I I as much as I felt that he deserved to get you know what was coming to him in the universe of the show I sympathized with him all this season and and how he tried to retreat but I also kind of wanted to be kicked in the teeth by the show for for sympathizing with him. I wanted the show to come back around and say, but this is not a good guy. And we set up the rules at the beginning, and you should have known that this was not going to end well. And the fact that he gets the money and, and gets to give it to his family um, felt like a bridge too far for me. You know, I think that would have been a... Like I'm kind of what, what Corey's explaining here, I think would have been a such a ballsy ending, and like audiences may have been dissatisfied, but I, I think you probably would have had a stronger one for the ages. 
Well, there was yeah. even, wasn't there an alternate ending that they I think even wrote out, and it was that Walt kind of left everybody in his wake was he was kind of the last one standing. Yeah, they didn't just they, they didn't describe it other other than that any deeper than that that like there was one scenario that they thought of where you know everyone's fucked and Walt is the last man standing and has to like deal with those pieces, but that's pretty vague and they didn't they didn't go into it any deeper than that. I saw an interview where where Gilligan was saying that there was there was one version where Skylar killed uh killed herself. Yeah, that's that's that is one. But that wasn't really the ending. That was something that happened. Uh I was just yeah. listening to that. That was something that um that was an idea that he threw around for the last few episodes. Yeah. I did not hate the finale at all. I I had some issues with it. I gave it a second shot. I will continue to to process through my feelings, but at the moment I think I'm just a little confused because um, the message that I seem to be left with based on, you know, the way the finale was, was framed and particularly that, that scene that Walt has with Skylar where he says, you know, the, the most pivotal moment in the episode was, you know, I did it because I liked it. I did it for me. I did it because I was good at it. And, but there's no, there's no real apology at the end of that. You know, not that it would make for reconciliation but just he doesn't ever seem to get to a place of realizing and that ruined my family and that was wrong instead it almost seems to advocate for um instead of dying in in the arms of my family and living a quiet life these last two years i i lived to the fullest i think it's really interesting <laughs> hearing Corey's thoughts um uh, then uh, up against you know ollie and eric's thoughts that seeing the show, the ending, as a lot much more as like a, a dark comedic irony. Um, it's interesting how you know we all sort of see it in different ways. Yeah, I don't know if the show is necessarily side. I mean, clearly the writers. I think Corey has a point that they might have gotten sentimental and they wanted Walt to go out in a way that, I guess, on the surface seems triumphant. But I really feel like if you, it's not even that you have to dig that deep. But it's. I just feel like there's things left open where there's just no guarantee, and yet. We Absolutely, early. but but tonally, yeah. yeah, tonally, like, don't you think that that ending's a little bit with its little, you know, goodbye, bittersweet song? Like, don't you think that's a little bit celebratory in a way? Sure, and you know what? Another thing that did bother me is I thought it was going to do a lot of this, but thankfully they didn't. Is that they had sort of a few flashbacks to moments like uh, where Hank tells Walt he can come on a, a drug bust with him, and mm-hmm. I got worried that they were going to do the the sort of Seinfeld approach of almost like a clip show. I mean, I, I, I didn't think really that they would do that, but I was just like, Oh man, like this is becoming a little more formulaic than I, than I expected. And there was definitely a a sentimental through line and a little bit of like, wasn't exactly that, but there was a little bit of like, we made it guys sort of self congratulatory, slow clap element to it. Not a lot. I'm not like saying, you know, they were self-satisfied or anything, but a lot of these flashbacks and a lot of these little things are I just feel so very nostalgic for the for the writers and the directors to me. I suppose maybe that's another symptom of the fact that they wrote the show for 6 years, you know, and you I would think you'd become really attached to these characters as as writers, especially as the show's gaining an audience with every season. And maybe that's again that's the nature of television. Just the the idea that, that the show was stretched out longer than it even should have been, uh, which we that is something we touched on earlier, Corey, before you came on, is that 
Um, maybe Breaking Bad would have been better off if it was three or maybe four seasons long. For me, I think this was just about the right length, though I also had another thought a few weeks ago, which was it felt like the, the very last eight episodes, they seemed to be skipping over some fairly major things in the essence of time, and I had actually wished they'd had maybe two more episodes just to tell the end bit. But I, for, for me, the six seasons has felt has felt right. And how did you guys feel in general? And this is something that always bothered me throughout the entire run of the show. Um, and I don't know how you guys felt, but sort of it's a lot of its coincidences and convenient conceits of things like f- completely falling into place, like Walt's plan. If the car is not parked ex- exactly there, if you know what I mean? If if <laughs> if he doesn't have the keys, if he doesn't, there's so many like convenient sort of contrivances throughout this show, throughout every his master plans, and a lot of it's so. A lot of it, I, I I've always been one step removed from the show because of things like that that I just could not buy. For me, it's it's been hitting. It's I've mostly been able to look past. Um, a lot of the things Rod has been has Rod has mentioned, uh, at least in seasons past, because I was so caught up in in the momentum of the narrative that I could and just enjoy that experience, and those little things wouldn't bother me so much. Um, but in particular with the finale, I just felt because the narrative was suddenly so one-dimensional in a lot of ways that all those things stuck out even more for me um like just everything even his decision to buy one of the most unwieldy weapons possible uh (laughs) to go and use while he's on the run too like to me that just seems totally bizarre that he has to buy this huge weapon that requires him to like macgyver it in the desert to put into you know it's just like all those things and how come they didn't? They patted him down and, made, and checked him for a wire, but oh, we're not going to check the trunk of the car for some reason. Uh, and even the whole ricin into the teacup, like I don't care how many people. Like even in the comments section of my review, they're like, "Oh, well, this is you know, if you look closely, it's like no, no matter what angle you look at that scenario with, it's pretty improbable or like just hard for me anyway to believe." But somehow he managed to like Jerry rig the stevia packet with like poison. Uh, yeah, but those MacGyver elements you you reference, I I feel like they've been sewn throughout the show. I mean, yeah, some of the, uh, some of my favorite episodes are that where Walt has to use his ingenuity and his creativity and his smarts and the fact that he is a lucky guy. I mean, that's clear throughout the show. But those yeah, MacGyver but... elements are really exciting. The MacGyver elements, I think, are very much in character with Walter. Um, he's he's a brains over brawn guy for sure, yeah. and so that's fitting. But when does luck be like transfer or, or or transform into like convenience on the writer's side? You know what I mean? Like, that's I all I'm asking. For yeah. me, with the MacGyver thing, I guess because the rest of the show, it comes again. It comes back to luck because we don't see like in the past his plans have always kind of gone off, but always kind of fucked up somewhere along the way and he sort of had to scramble to sort of to set it right whereas here sort of everything kind of went off the way he wanted it to and for me it just made all those little contrivances stick out all the more it emphasizes the point of how neat everything is um i think it's a cumulative thing in part like like you get like you go and see argo and the end of argo 
which is an entirely like you know the whole air, airport sequence yeah. is an entirely fictional creation but you kind of roll with it if mm-hmm. Argo was like a TV series where Ben Affleck had to get people out of a different country every week and it had a similar <laughs> like it had a similar set piece every week you'd be like oh Jesus like this is so contrived right. but ultimately like I think I think some of the stuff you're complaining about here that's that that's how the show builds tension if like you know he has to be parked in the right place the keys get you know the keys have to get taken away um you know it's a similar set piece with where he builds the bomb for for gus like mm-hmm. but um, even going back to the keys i think the tension of that scene was diminished when gilligan you know he shoots that red first of all the keys are red and then secondly, he like makes sure that we know over and over and over again how important they are. Whereas I think that scene would have just been all the more powerful if it had just been a bit more innocuous. Or yeah. if that reveal wasn't so like telegraphed like 10 minutes before it happened. And there is an element that they... It, well, it feels like they maybe went with the first idea that they had because it is cliched. The whole... Like Uncle Jack saying like his pride yeah. being wounded... That's kind yeah, of we, an eye rolling moment for sure. Yeah, um, I, I would say my one of my least favorite things about uh, in any kind of drama or in any kind of storytelling we've seen a zillion times in movies is like I'm about to kill you, but oh wait, what did you say? Hmm, maybe I'm not going to kill you. I'm gonna I'm gonna monologue a little bit, and then and then I'm going to kill you, and you're going to die so bad. And, <laughs> and I. Like, you know, you've seen that in James Bond. You've seen that in Stallone, Schwarzenegger movies. There's always some a gun to someone's head. So, you know, that delays that person's death. And then, of course, that gives them the moment to, 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 to be freed or whatever. And I just felt like, come on, Breaking Bad, aren't you a little bit better than that? And at the same time, and I'm just a little cynical, but this is coming from someone who didn't always love the shows. You had that throughout. That happened all the time. Um you know, Jesse was about to die. He should have just died there. But no, like, oh, hey, well, what about this? You know, Uncle Jack. And then eh, just that sort of stuff that just sours me a little bit. I, I, I expect more than that. That convention is so played out. I've seen that since I was five years old on, on the corniest television show to the corniest movie, you know? So. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I agree that it is an overused cliche, but then. A big part of what I've really and we've talked about it a little bit already is that the the Breaking Bad is embraces those the Western, the noir, the the gangster, the crime movie tropes to a degree, and even action movie tropes. And maybe they just maybe it again just comes falls down to the fact that this is a show that has done it enough times to where it gets you do think they should be better than that at this point. If they're gonna end the <laughs> show strongly, let's they should have done something maybe a little bit more creative. I I have to agree, but yet I, I sort of waffle back and forth because I do love the way the show could be sort of hard-hitting melodrama, but then in the same episode, a guy can get half his face blown off and give you this extremely memorable visual, you know? Mm-hmm. I Sometimes I think of it like how Nolan worked with the Dark Knight movies, his Batman right, series. Right, mixing where, those two. Yeah, where like, okay, it's supposed to be set in a realistic world, but it still has comic book elements to it. Guys still spout off comic book dialogue. There's, there's villains that have these, mm-hmm. you know... And I feel like Breaking Bad is maybe the the TV appro- the closest approximation to that on television. It's just Nolan had 
maybe an advantage of only doing it in about seven hours worth of three movies, you know, or seven right. or eight hours. But Breaking Bad, you stretch that out, 60 plus hours or episodes, that stuff starts to show, I think. Corey, I know you said that you were fine with the six seasons, but did any of that bother you? A lot of the heightened elements, like you said, it really comes down to taste. So just kind of looking at it as a Western or a crime story or one of these heightened things, I never really expected it to approximate reality or, or anything like that. So for the most part, I enjoyed them. I did have a few you know, uh, minor issues in the final episode, you know, I wouldn't disagree with some of what you guys were saying about that, but I feel in general, uh, the writers did a great job of really working through like every possible outcome and, and, and making most of the series pretty airtight. I think there were a few leaps of logic in this, in this last eight episodes, but, um, uh, maybe more than usual. And that was partially due to just how compressed it was and how much story there was to tell. But, I, I think in in general they did a great job of that kind of thing. I, I think that it's it's really easy to, in hindsight to go, oh, there should have been four seasons rather than six, or I wish it had been eight seasons rather than five. But like from the point of view of of actually making a TV show, it's almost impossible to know. Like like unless you sit down for for three years and and block out every single episode. And, advance and cut it and whatever like it's hard to know how long a story should take um just from the perspective of a writer's room do you see what i mean yeah absolutely no that's yeah. a good point point. and that i mean that's the limitations of the format and and that's also some of the advantages of the format and one of the great things about the show in the past has been how nimble uh gilligan and the writers have been about adjusting to when something isn't working they were able to go another way because they weren't so locked into all leading up to one moment. It all has to be one way. You know, famously in season three, they thought that the cousins were going to be the big bad guys and then kind of got halfway through writing the season and realized they just weren't that interesting. So they killed them off uh, midway through and pivoted to Gus. And that was, you know, obviously one of the better uh, decisions that the show made. Definitely. Speaking of Gus, what did you guys think of the, the villains? Of of this season, I loved uh, I loved Todd actually. I think Todd was a, was was the most interesting addition across of the whole mm. the whole of the fifth season. Like, okay. um, I think um, uh, what's she called the the Laura? Is it Laura? Lydia. 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 Um, I you know I think Lydia was interesting, but I always felt that Lydia suffered because she's basically Tilda Swinton and Michael Clayton. Like it's, it's, it's kind of the same character. It's the kind of sweaty, mm. anarchy, like corporate type. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas um, Todd, I think, is a, is a character I haven't really seen before. It, you know, he's kind of both like quite sentimental and like kind. <laughs> yeah. So psychopath. And sociopathic, yeah. 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 And, it's, you know, having these two, you know, the two things sitting side by side and the way he would be, he had this sort of puppy love for Lydia and stuff. I just, I like, I thought he was great. Um, yeah. I think the rest of the Nazis were a bit like, even the fact that they were Nazis, it just seems a bit easy and a bit like, this is a thing that's worse than, worse than Walter. Than, than Walter. And, yeah. and I just, and, and, but, and I don't know, like, even if, one thing I will say about the kind of one one villainous season approach that, you know, we talked about Boardwalk Empire having 
um justified which i think is a really consistently strong show has done that and done it in a sort of way that it hasn't so far it hasn't become too like egregious but um you know i think one of the benefits of that is that you do get to build up those villains properly like mm. bobby cannavale in in the last series of of boardwalk empire by the end was like a well-developed character whereas you know the nazis it's really only in the last like four or five episodes that they really became like it's it sort of became right these guys are the threat and these guys are and uncle jack you never really you know you didn't you knew he was a nazi and that was kind of it like yeah i i like i said earlier uh, offline i felt like these guys and i totally agree with you about todd i think todd's awesome and his his hilarious like crush on lydia like i love your shirt she's like you mean a blouse like he's so out he's so out of his element and he's like has zero chance but that was so funny and endearing and and well written um but yeah i felt like the, the the nazis sort of became the default villains of 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 the um of the season once uh, uh, Hank died. Yeah. yeah. The, but the fact that they got the jump on, on Walt and kindly were the reason that he had, to, that everything really crumbled for him there was interesting. I thought because they were not nearly, okay. They weren't, they weren't set up as well, but they also just seemed like lesser uh, foes compared right. to someone like Gus, you know, Gus was Walt's like yin to his yang, you know? And sure. I guess any villain after the fact is going to be a come down, but uh, it might also be hinting that Walt was slipping and then just the noose was tightening on him. Yeah. Like I, I can sort of see where, see where they were trying to go in that. It's sort of like, right. He made a deal with the devil in terms of, you know, wiping out Mike's Mike's sort of contacts on the inside. He, he brought the Nazis in and they turned out to be his undoing, but like the fact, even just the fact that they were Nazis, it's not that far off from being like, Walt programmed a bunch of robots and then they turned like evil on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like slightly more grounded than that, but it's 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 heading into that territory where it's becoming like okay, you went you went down the neo Nazi route and it, it feels like the kind of thing that a lesser show, something like Sons of Anarchy would do. Yeah, the other interesting thing to kind of consider is, I mean, they, I think the writers knew that they were never going to have another Gus. Uh, so after, you know, he was gone mm. at the end of season four, they really had to think hard about where, where they were going to go from there. And I remember them kind of talking about, you know, not replacing Gus with another big villain. And essentially at that point in the show, Walt would be the villain. You know, Walt Walt would be the actual worst force on the show. And so the havoc that he wreaked around those around him, you know, he he would be the both the center of the show and and kind of the worst person on screen. So while I think that the Nazis did have to serve a story point, you know, and like you said, it it he brought them in you know, kind of innocuously on the side to do a job for him, and then they ended up undoing him. I'm not sure if they were ever framed in a way to be a replacement for, for Gus or some of the foes, you know, he's faced in the past. Well, they um, kind of are. It, they steal his money from him. And they, yeah, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they don't kill Jesse, and they kill Hank. And st- like, they do a, they're pretty integral to a, to a big part of the second half of the season. But at the same time, they're like, they're like, these goons who sort of just ended up being the foes rather than being adversaries yeah. like 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 you know right. they're not 
one to one with Gus. Gus was an adversary that was, you know, that 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 Walt was um, facing off against the, the slow burn against, you know, the the Nazis were these guys. It's almost like, oh shit, everyone's dead and. These guys last standing. Oh, they're greed. It sort of pivots in a strange way, which in is interesting and different, and at the same time, it's somewhat unsatisfying. Like it's it's not what anyone really expected. Like these guys, but at the same time, it's uh, and and so I think that's a positive, but it's not quite as satisfying as as it could have been. I guess I think it was also interesting is that to Corey's point, I think Oz, Ozzy uh, Mandius sort of makes the point that Walter is the villain. And then it feels like the show is going to finally embrace that and take that on. And then the next episode, I felt like shied away from that. And they didn't really go there. They didn't follow through. And um, I thought that was a little bit odd. I, I, you know, I think there's, sure. there's, there's loads more TV stuff to, that we can talk about down the line, but we can save that up for like the Glee series finale or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do that one. We are doing. Oh, that that's going to be a good one. Off to yeah, catch up but... on Glee. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's too soon, I think, maybe to to declare where Breaking Bad sits, its legacy, how it's going to be received five, ten years from now. But maybe we could talk about what other shows you guys are into right now, or or just you know other things moving forward that we might end up talking about. You know, we've already brought up Glee, but what you know, what other shows? Starting with Kevin. Um, are worth watching right now that you're excited about. Uh, I'm the wrong person to start with. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go to because all. like I'm like two seasons behind on everything. Yeah, you're less. you're still catching up on the wire. I know you said that, right? Yeah, uh, and like Boardwalk, I'm definitely a few seasons behind. Um, I will say, I guess as a closing thought, um, I uh, I'm really curious actually to see what Steven Soderbergh does with television yes. and the series he's developing. I think there's. I, I think Won't he's be a the pretty. The first time he's done it, though. Yeah, case no, case. it's not. It's not the first time. But I mean, the way he's going into it is kind of fascinating in terms of like I'm done with the narratives of cinema. I want to have this bigger canvas and try something totally different. And I don't know. It'll be. I'm just curious to see what that actually means. Yeah, it's exciting to think about what I mean. Just that so many brilliant, you know, strong filmmakers are seeing the chance to do so much more interesting work on television. So Soderbergh is, you know, like like Scorsese and and others uh, like him are really seeing the advantages that there are with uh, with working in television for sure. Um, RP, why don't we go to you, man? What are you? Uh, any closing thoughts or any shows that you're into right now? Um, I'm the wrong person to ask about shows, other than. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm really looking forward to House of Cards, even though there was some elements that a little bit kind of jumped the shark a little uh, at the end of the first season. Uh, it's still very engaging, and um, uh, I thought it was, you know, I had I had issues with it, but I, I'm will I'm very keen to see where that goes. Um, other than that, I'm not really a, uh, I I look to Ollie to tell me what's good, so I think you should go to Ollie. There it is, Ali. Lay it on us, man. What should we be watching? Uh, well, the the one I I keep pushing on people um, is just because I think that a lot of people dismiss it uh, out of hand is Hannibal. Yeah. Um, oh, Hannibal's great. Actually, I did watch that. I loved the first season. Yeah. It it sort yeah. of um, it started it started really strong and it got better and better and it's like it's I think it's not for everyone because it's it it's more serialized than it. it Initially, it looks like it's going to be like a case of the week vibe, 
and it becomes much more serialized but it's it's gorgeous and uh mads mickleton is amazing in it and hugh dancy's yeah. amazing in it. and um uh yeah it's just a re- you know and and it's it's on a network it's on nbc but it feels like a cable show like in every way like you need a strong stomach for it it's, that's it's, nice to hear yeah. you don't usually get that from cable or from it's, network it's, network tv yeah it's really genuinely disgusting like, <laughs> like week on week it finds yeah. ways new ways to turn your stomach but beyond the so, violence ali are you even saying like the, but you're saying the quality of the show is up there with these great cable dramas that are happening right now oh uh, yeah no like the yeah quality wise it, it feels like cable that's great um, because yeah they need to step up those network shows if they want to yeah 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 um and then the one i'm the one i'm really looking forward to and it was what i was going to watch tonight before uh before before this podcast happened uh is masters of sex which just started last night on showtime with uh michael sheen and lizzie kaplan Mm -hmm. and i've heard really great things um and also i just like the idea of it because it's not uh again it's what we're talking about it's not just white male anti-hero it's you know it's doing the cable thing and it's doing the you know right we've got we've some tna and we'll probably have some swearing and stuff but like it's not you know it's it's not that sort of it seems to be doing something a bit different with the with the genre i hope from from what i hear but um that that reminds me the showtime reminds me that uh i i missed uh the homeland uh premiere I, because of Breaking Bad, but that's something yeah. that I may quickly pivot to and jump on because I'm totally caught up. Other than the premiere and and Homeland had its problems as well. Like uh, there was a lot of um, <clears throat> suspension of disbelief issues that uh, I also had with Breaking Bad, but I still enjoyed it. So that that may one that may be one that I jump on whole hog. Very nice. soon. Yeah, I've been hearing good things about that one as well. It's definitely not perfect, but Corey, any uh, any other thoughts as far as TV for you that you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, I hated Homeland season two, <laughs> and, I'm still, and I'm still bitter at season one, which I thought was fun, but did not deserve to take the Emmy from Mad Men or, Bo- or uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, so yeah, I would still say I have Mad Men a boring choice, but I, I despite. Uh, few stumbles last season i still think it's the best show on tv and then um and hold on mad men's gearing up for its last season correct yep okay so that's going to be wrapping up soon okay two years two years geez they are making it stretch they extended it that could be dangerous that could be dangerous what was the other one you were going to reference oh i was going to say uh one more show that's actually wrapping up uh that is maybe a little bit more uh less known is uh the British sitcom Peep Show, which is uh, going to be going into its last series, uh, I think, next year. And uh, I, I think it's uh, the funniest show on TV. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the one I referenced earlier. Is I, I think Louis is one of the most interesting, uh, ballsy, and just bizarre shows I've, I've seen in a long time. So I really like what Louis C.K. is doing with that show. And um, I can't really say it's great, but I'm actually becoming a fan of Wilfred. Have you guys seen Wilfred at all with uh, Elijah Wood? Anybody? No. I no. bailed on the first few episodes. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't. And I love someone. I love dogs. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be my show. And then I was like, <laughs> I think I lasted two episodes. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one opinion. Mine is it's it's all right. You know, I've liked, I've liked two seasons. It's uh, I've forgiven it some of its really weak, uh, weak points. But um, I think it's I think it's worth watching. 
And uh, I just about all these shows are all available to stream now. So it's like that is the way people are going to be um, consuming these, I think, moving forward. And yeah. that that'll inevitably is going to lead us to a, a conversation probably pretty soon on this podcast about, um, you know, just the changing distribution for movies and TV and all that. And uh, there's a lot of talk about there as well. So we'll definitely have uh, more to talk about coming up. But um, I just wanted to thank all you guys for coming on the show. And, um, of course, we can find – everybody can be found on the playlist. Uh, Rod and Kevin are always there specifically. But, Ali, um, why don't you give us a Twitter handle that you'd like uh, to point people towards? Uh, I am um, at Ollie Littleton, uh, L-Y-T-T-E-L-T-O-N. Oh, you decided to spell it this time. Well done, sir. Yeah. Well done. Um, I didn't get any new followers after the last one. So, <laughs> so we're not sure if the segment is needed, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see. And then, uh, yeah. Corey, uh, anywhere you'd like to point people. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter at Modage, M-O-D-A-G-E. And uh, tweet me and, and tell me what you think in one sentence that Breaking Bad was about. <laughs> there you go, Because I'd man. be curious to hear it. Excellent, excellent. Well, yeah, thanks again, you guys, for coming on, and it's always a treat to talk with all of you, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Cool, man. Thank Bye. you. Bye later. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming on, guys. You must leave now. Take what you need. You think will last. No, no, you won't. But whatever you wish to keep. I don't even know what I'm talking about. fast. That's true. If you don't know who I am, then maybe your best course would be to tread lightly. Coming through, and it's all over now, baby blue. That I live to the fullest, and 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 that's not something he's. That's not you cut out again, man. That's not something God he's. Damn it! <laughs> that's not I, something that he's. Yeah. I have a mental image of Corey just dropping the mic after each one. <laughs> yeah. Every. Well, I just drop the mic and walk away. And yes, I like, yeah. like to stand. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that. <laughs> Do I have to go through the end? Did I get it? No, you, we, no, we never, we never caught that final thought. Sorry, what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> Not the, uh, oh Christ. Yeah, I think we we're talking about television. We are talking about TV. Let's just, yeah. we'll, we'll just move on. We'll just move on. Let's do that. Cool. My final summation: a half thought. <laughs> oh, and Eric, one other thing. Yeah. Can, constantly hear your sniffing. Like, dude, I'm like... so sorry. God, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna back away from the mic anytime I'm not talking. Well, it's it's more like just talk or or then just like <laughs> when you're gonna sniff you should like because you can really hear it. Oh man, I'm so sorry. All right, all right. I'll just let it. it run, man. Just <laughs> let it go. <laughs> just sit there talking with like just all this snot coming down. I'm dying, yeah. man. I'm dying. Uh, okay. All right, all right. Um, uh, I'll follow. Just to follow on. Um, are you still recording now? Yes. 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 Okay. 